Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, this week, I'm super excited to chat with my guest. She's all about marketing and data and all that stuff. So it's going to be such a fun conversation. Um, her name's Kelsey Parkin, and she is the founder of Kelsey Parkin. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, like I said, it's going to be a lot of marketing stuff. Um, Kelsey's all about marketing data. She is on a mission to help business owners incorporate data into their day-to-day -day business operations without being overwhelmed by all the numbers. Um, Kelsey helps clients increase profit and link gain clarity on the decisions that they should be making in their business. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Like, um, I'm excited to be here. Me too. Yeah. And I'm glad you got your champagne. Uh, did you ever figure out like why your other stuff was delayed too? Or is it just, who knows? No, nope. I ended up having to reorder my other stuff that didn't make it. So I'm glad this oh, made no. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it did too. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Before we dive into all of that stuff, which I love, that's what you do, because um, like we said, right before we hopped on, I think data and numbers can be overwhelming for business owners because there's so many things going on. Um, but yeah, so tell us, you know, your history, how you got here. Did you always know this was something you wanted to do? You know, all that good stuff. No, I um, never thought I would be here. I was just talking to someone the other day of like if you would have told me I would have been A in marketing, but B just doing marketing data, I would have kind of laughed in your face. <laughs> I actually started out working in education um, as a school psychologist. Oh, wow. So very heavy on um, special education, mental health, trauma, all of that um, really heavy stuff. Yeah. And I distinctly remember one day, um, well, I had actually, I had already started um, a small business just kind of naturally. So like six ish years ago, because I was doing so much heavy at work, I wanted a creative outlet and I started making, um, earrings and engraved cutting boards. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and it was kind of like, I didn't intend it to start it as a business, but it was just, I liked it and friends saw the earrings and then they bought some and then I, you know how that goes, mm -hmm. but, um, but I always say that that business kind of failed um, because, I mean, as a business owner, you know, when you're in it, you're doing everything. And I was doing, you know, I was creating the earrings, designing them, product sourcing, all of the materials, social media, mm -hmm. website, all of that stuff. And I was doing it all on my own. And it just got to be while working in education full time. So I remember sitting um, on the floor one night after a particularly bad day in the living room with just tears in my eyes, oh. talking to my husband, I'm like, I don't think I can retire in education. <laughs> I need to do something else. Um, so, I mean, one thing led to another and I stumbled upon, um, just a really great mentor who brought out my skills and what I was good at. Mm -hmm. And just looking back now, I can just see, like how everything fell into place. You can look yeah. back in time and, and like, oh, that was so meant to be because it led to this mm -hmm. and led to this. Um, so I started out in social media management and quickly realized like that's not <laughs> how my brain works. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm creative, but not creative like mm -hmm. that. And it's just a different thought process um, and was able to kind of just walk my journey and land into more of metrics and 
the analytical side. So yeah, oh, I love that because they can tell you so much, and like it's still creative because it's still like reading a story and weaving it all together. But it's just a totally different. <laughs> yeah. So how long did you have your creative business, like the earrings and cutting boards and stuff? Um, I did that for about three, maybe four years. I would say three solid years, and then I kind of like hung on to it because I was scared to let go yeah. of it. Because it's you know scared of admitting that failure and um, just cutting ties with it. I actually still have my website because I just haven't <laughs> completely let go this year just because it auto renewed and yeah. I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> and do you still do it for fun kind of or like just I still have like friends will come to me and they'll say, I like, you know, I like these earrings. Can you recreate them for yeah. me with this? Oh, awesome. Or um or if I have friends who are looking for like something engraved like recipes. Um or my when my grandma passed away, I um, made a recipe cutting board for my mom. Oh, so little things like that. But now it's more just something I do like for fun on the side. But. Yeah. Awesome. And how long have you had your marketing business? A few years, right? Um, yep. Two and a half, three years to three years. If you count like actually the social media side mm-hmm. of it, but I've pivoted recently more like a year and a half to two years ago. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So like when you talk to business owners, but like right in the beginning or somebody comes to you and, you know, they're like, um, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to start measuring, you know, and so, or what to measure or where that even is, you know, because there's so many different places and different things. But so what do you start to tell them like where to get started? Or like what's the importance, you know, of mar- like measuring all of your marketing? Like, how do you start with all that? I think for clients that are completely just stuck on what to do, I always steer them towards dashboards just because they're, it's an easy way to get started. And I sit down and I have a conversation. I learn about their business and what they want to learn from their data. And also, um, what are those needle moving things in their business, right? What are the going to be those key performance things that we want to start tracking? Because mm-hmm. like, e-commerce looks very different than it would, you know, for an artist. Yeah. So um, starting there, and then we put that all together for them on one page. So literally, it's almost like a PowerPoint mm-hmm. where it's, and you go and you see like, how are people getting to my site? And you'll see the information right there. So it's, it's very, um, cut and dry. I think for listeners who want to get started with their data, I would say just start looking at what you are doing now. Um, for like social media, I would say nine out of 10 businesses are doing social media, mm-hmm. right? So start looking and set time aside each week to look at what your numbers are and to start practicing looking at like finding trends mm-hmm. or finding pattern interrupts of like, wow, that video did really well. What made that video different than others? Because that's really what the data is all about. Yes, it's about l- the numbers, but it's also about why did the numbers happen mm-hmm. and, and what can you do to change? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. Um, and it's funny what you can start to see once you start looking at them, you know, because like there's, again, like so many things going on, business, life and everything. So people don't sometimes I feel like take time to look at that because if you're not super familiar, it can seem overwhelming and it can seem like I'm not really sure what I'm looking at. But once you start to understand it and like you said, even starting looking at it, you'll see 
those different trends, you know, or red flags are like, whoa, what happened there? You know, or, you know, different things like that. Like, I love that. Um, right. And it can seem really overwhelming to start yeah. because we live in a really data rich world. Yeah. We have a lot of data at our fingertips. So I would say if you are wanting to start diving into your number, you can also approach it as like asking yourself a question. What do I need to know? What am I wondering about my business or what, um, what am I wanting to change mm -hmm. and start tracking that and focus in on that one thing instead of going into the back end and all your analytics and getting overwhelmed. Yeah. But if you can just narrow in on one or two things, then it becomes a lot more reasonable and less overwhelming. Yeah, totally. Or like if, if they see like Instagram or LinkedIn is like one of their lead, like lead social ones, like, okay, maybe like pick one of those and start really focusing on growing that and that traffic and, you know, put some like benchmarks and milestones and then being able to look back at that. That's awesome. Right. I love that. Yeah. So when you talk to business owners, are they more overwhelmed or okay? Like, <laughs> I would say 100% more <laughs> overwhelmed. Um, and actually, recently, I've been working with a lot of marketers. So I will help them with their clients' mm -hmm. data kind of on in the behind the scenes. Um, so it's been really interesting to see and work with marketers who really are doing the day-to-day -day work of getting awareness of businesses mm -hmm. and working with them on tracking data and getting everything together for their clients, both for the clients and to make good decisions. But also I, I think that makes you stand out as a marketer. Mm -hmm. If you are showing like, look what we did with Pinterest ads or, you know, Instagram posts. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, I've always felt like marketing is such a mix of creativity, but then there's also that strategy and that analytics and those are two different brains you know like and getting them to mm -hmm. mesh well um is i feel like that's where the the secret sauce is honestly <laughs> yeah it's so true there's definitely like two different kind of thought processes to it right or two different uh yeah. focuses totally so yeah so, so somebody listening today like well you said um i guess get started just kind of looking that's where you would have them get started like mm -hmm. is there like a spreadsheet yeah. i or, think yeah how do you start that process? <laughs> I, I mean, <clears throat> I've done it with clients with just spreadsheets. Um, I think if you are dabbling in data already and you have Google Analytics on your site, I would say the number one thing to start with um, is to start tracking where your users are coming mm -hmm. from because that's just such powerful data and information on what's working and what's not working in your business. Yeah. Because what I see with so many business owners is there's so many decisions that you could make for your business. Should I market this way or should I market yeah, that way? A million or where should I put, spend my time? Because I only have so much of it. Starting to track your traffic is going to be, bring you so much clarity and where you should put your energy. Um, and that, um, can be done natively in like Shopify or Google analytics, yeah. or you could really expand on that and grow on that. And that could be your sole focus for the whole year for data is just getting really crystal clear on where your traffic is coming from. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And so like, what tools do you use or like that you love, you know, that, that you use in your business or, and I saw that you have the dashboards on your website. Like, do you, do y'all create those or how does that work? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the dashboards are one of my, um, main offers that I, um, provide to clients. 
um, and we use Looker Studio for that. A, because it's super user-friendly, it's um, under the Google workspace. Mm -hmm. So if you have a Google account, you can use it, or it, it operates kind of like um, Google Docs. Oh. So even if your client doesn't have Google, you can share it with mm -hmm. them and they can view it in view only. Um, so yeah, I mean, I live in Google Analytics. I'm totally living the the switch now. I don't know if those of you are familiar with it or not, but they are switching the way that they collect data from essentially the third version to the fourth mm -hmm. version. So we're going to talk about another tool possibly that you're in all day long. Yeah. So, well, Google Analytics all day long, which you can do um, a lot of information and see a lot of information in Google Analytics. But for my clients, I do work in Looker Studio, which used to be called Google Data Studio, if you've heard of that before. Yeah. Um, but that just is the name change, though. Was yeah. that new? Like, is that recent? It, okay. Super new, super weird. Like, it happened overnight, and I was working in it. And I'm like, wait a second. It has a different That's name. A different name. <laughs> I love so, how they make so changes, and they, like, don't tell anybody anything. They're like, hey, I know. <laughs> I mean, when you're Google, though, you just... Mm -hmm. <laughs> You can, so. <laughs> yeah. But that's um, what we use because it's way more user-friendly in terms of visualizing the data. Um, and yeah. you can really make some user-friendly charts and like pie charts that are just a lot easier to glance at quickly and get a good idea for how your numbers are doing. Versus awesome. any business owner that I've talked to, you go into the, the back end of Google Analytics and it's confusing. And the new, mm -hmm. the new version to me, in my opinion, is even more confusing. So yeah. um, that's why I steer all the data. You can upload all your Google Analytics data to the Looker Studio and it just present it in a different way, way more user-friendly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like it's similar, obviously, to the the third version, but it's definitely not as easy to get around. Like, I don't like it as much at all. It's not as easy to get around, and um, if you are making the switch, the thing to keep in mind is it is a different way to measure data, mm -hmm. so it measures users in a different way. So don't confuse your universal analytics to your Google Analytics for because you'll just drive yourself crazy because they're literally counting things differently. It's like comparing apples to oranges a little bit, maybe not yeah. that drastic, but... Um, <laughs> I have a lot of clients coming to me saying like, they're not matching and they won't, mm -hmm. they just won't. Right. I wonder why they switched or do you know, like what the whole thought was behind that? Yeah. Um, so with data in the world that we live in now, I mean, we used to be able to track everything, um, but with the new iOS updates and just countries cracking down on cookies and tracking people. Yeah. GA4 is supposed to be able to, be less cookie tracking, and then they use AI to fill in the gaps of what they couldn't track, essentially. Oh, so it's okay. supposed to be the new and improved version to measure with all of the restrictions that are on the internet now. But it, that wouldn't necessarily be 100% accurate, though, huh? It's, it's not always 100%. Well, it is new, so... Yeah. But there's a lot of um, people like in Facebook groups and stuff asking questions of like, my Shopify is showing me this, Google is showing me this. So really what I tell business owners is you just have to decide what, what your one source of truth is going to be. Because at the end yeah. of the day, you just need to pick the, 
the platform that you're going to crunch your data on and Mm -hmm. just be consistent with that. Um, And I tell clients, like I have a couple of clients that want their data to be 120% accurate. And it's just like, it's in in the world that we live in, it's not feasible. Yeah. Um, Really nothing can be 100% accurate. Just even from perspective changes. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, we just, you pick your source of truth and go with that. So like if clients are running Facebook ads, Facebook might show different attribution than Google analytics would, because they're both fighting for that. Facebook wants to have that. They got the purchase versus another um, platform. So it's really just, you either decide that you're going to go off of your Facebook ads data or you're going to go off of like what actually happens on your website with Google Analytics. Yeah. I've seen multiple reports like that and like the numbers are so different and I'm just like, oh God, like, could y'all just at least get them like pretty close together? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. And yeah. And so what other things like, can't you kind of like see keywords that people are searching to kind of come into your website? Like that could be used, you know, for different topics and blog posts or new pages. Like there's all kinds of cool stuff back there. Oh, tons. Yes. So you can see with the, if you have your um, search engine connected to Google analytics, you can see all sorts of information of what people are searching for. You can even get good information of what people are searching for just on your website of um, like maybe what product that people might be interested or what topic, Um, even just down to um, splicing out your traffic. So what, what blog posts are most popular and, Mm -hmm. and really getting a good idea of that so that you can create more content like that and continue to get more traffic to your site. There's so many different ways you could look at it. Um, yeah. Which is why data can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Awesome. So as far as, you know, like marketing your business to, you know, get new clients and, you know, things like that and grow, like what are your favorite, you know, marketing tools or platforms or software that you use? I'm a big proponent of short form video content. Mm -hmm. And if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said, no, I'm not recording any videos. Yeah, I hate video. It was overwhelming and nerve wracking and just all those questions that you ask yourself of like, what if someone comments, someone comments something mean or, um, but I've been consistently recording video now for about a year and it's, um, kind of, it's a game changer. Um, and I, to the point where I don't even want to create like a, regular post with just words and stuff. I'm like, that's so much work. I could just record a video and have it be done in 30 seconds. Um, (laughs) So do you get like, so I swear I've tried before. It takes me like an hour to do like a 10, 30 second video. Do you get quicker? Like the more you do it, obviously. The more you do it. um, (laughs) I have gotten um, my system down um, to, I, I will plan out my content um, based on like, it's similar to content pillars, but um, basically like 10 bucket groups that I plan my content in. And I will use, um, oh, what is it called? I haven't done it in a little bit because I've, I've worked far ahead and um, 
but you can go there and you can um, search like a keyword search and then you, it'll spit out like what people are asking. Um, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Ask the public or something like yes, that? Yes, yes. Answer the yeah, public. Okay. I have not There's used that. Answer the public. public. Yeah. But um, yeah, so answer the public. I'll go there just for inspiration and I will li yeah. literally get questions that my audience is already asking. So from there, what I do is I take like for two weeks of content, I will take here are my 10 um, pillars. I Here's my hook. Here's my like call to action that I'm going to use. And yeah. I put it all together in one list. And it's just boom, boom, boom. So then I record all of those. I've got to the point where I can record two weeks of content in um, about an hour, maybe an hour and awesome. a half if I'm like lagging a little bit that day. Yeah. Um, and then from there, my trick is I have to actually go in and then edit everything and post it. That's where in my system, it's like, <laughs> I've got to figure out a solution for that. But the actual, once you get into a system of recording, it's actually easier to record a bunch right away, just because you're in that yeah. mindset, you're in the groove and you can just yeah. get them recorded as drafts in your TikTok. Like, I think I have 174 in my drafts right now, which is oh my probably God, not what I should probably be posting more. But... <laughs> that's So you just up, like, you just upload them and then edit straight in there? Oh, yeah, I it's okay. it's way easier for me. I always record in TikTok and just save them as drafts. And then from there, um, what I will do, and I have shifted more towards just like straight up talking videos with no audio in the background. Mm -hmm. um, so then after I post it to TikTok, I will take the link and I'll do SnapTik. There's an app on your phone, or you can use it on on desktop too. Mm -hmm. And I will, it'll take the TikTok off, so then I can post that to Facebook and Instagram. Um, and my goal this year is to do YouTube as well. But, oh, awesome! Look at you. Yeah, don't they like not want to see the TikTok emblem on the other yeah. platforms or whatever? Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, and so which out of the three, because I'm sure you obviously look at your data, like where does more of your traffic come from? Does it come from, like, do you get a lot of people from TikTok? I'm, I'm on there, but not really on there. So I don't really know. Yeah, that's where I get most of my traffic from or mm -hmm. um, Facebook groups. I still do a lot mm -hmm. of just networking in Facebook groups. I yeah. just, I mean, business at the end of the day is down to relationships, right? So yeah. Facebook groups is just a great way to build relationships really with people, mm -hmm. um, which, but that's why I like short form content too, because people get to see me and they get to see what I'm about and how I show up in the vibe that I have. So when people yeah. come to me, nine chances out of 10, they kind of have the same vibe that I have because mm -hmm. we've connected via like my video and content that I'm putting out there. Yeah. I love it. So true. Um, and do you do anything else or like, is it just a lot of straight, like, uh, short form content and all that. Um, it's majority of short form content. I do also have lead magnets and an email list that I, um, try to email once a week is my pace that I try to keep up with. Um, but my email's not there yet. So I would say mm -hmm. social media is still, and TikTok is still my number one driving. And then also I mean, I get to a point where you just, you build up referrals and yeah, 
Exactly. People know that, oh yeah, she helped me with data once. And you know, if they have someone asking, mm-hmm. I'll get people referred to me, but. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so what do you do to, you know, kind of break through your comfort zone to grow your business or even personally, like, do you have any tips on, you know, what you do to get past stuff like that? Yeah. Um, for me, I, for a long time, I felt like I was successful if I felt good every day. I didn't have to face anything uncomfortable. I wasn't stressed out. And that's what I equated success to. So for me, there was a big mindset shift in that alone. So I started out when I first started with short form video. And I mentioned that I I did not like it at first. And I, I'm a very introverted. I mean, I'm a data person, right? So (laughs) (laughs) but So I did a lot of just reframing how I thought about um, being uncomfortable. And if I have some quotes still around my desk of like, if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not scared of what you're doing, then you're not growing. Um, So that still is just something that I keep in the forefront of my mind. The other thing that I do to keep myself accountable to being uncomfortable is I have uncomfortable goals. Um, so I have to do right now I'm coming out of just a, a difficult personal life season. So I'm only holding myself to one uncomfortable thing a week, but for my business, I have to do one thing that makes me uncomfortable every week. Um, if I'm really in a season of sprinting, I'll do every day, every day you have Mm. to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, which could be as simple as like pitching to someone um, that you wouldn't normally pitch to or yeah. approaching like a, um, like Metricool, for example, that I, that's someone that I, I was nervous to reach out to them, um, but I did reach out to them of um, partnering together and was able to test out they have a connector for their data. So actually Metricool will pull all of your data into Looker Studio your social media data. Okay. Um, So I was able to partner with them on some video content and and test out their connector. So that, I mean, if I want to push myself to just reach out to them, it wouldn't have happened. Right. So I think once you, once you start being consistent with that too, you, you're pushing yourself to be uncomfortable, but you're also seeing the wins from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have on Friday, I have, it's in time blocked right into my um, calendar of like stack your wins. And, um, I love that. Reflect on the week and see what you did for the week. What did you do and what were your wins from it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because it's so easy to kind of forget, you know, and get kind of caught in the day-to-day or week-to-week of it might seem like things aren't going great. But if you take the time and look back and look at it, like, that's huge. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. I might start implementing that. I'm a big proponent of time blocking. I mean, in business, we talk a lot about balancing, especially if you're a mom. I mean, that just adds a whole nother level of just insanity to everything. So, I mean, that's time blocked in my calendar. I have um, like specific things that get time blocked for my business so that I know that I'm always working on my business. I'm not just working on other people's. Yeah. But then on Sunday or Monday morning, I will go in and I will time block out chunks. Like if I know I have a deadline for like client A for their analytics, I will time block that out. Mm -hmm. But then 
I also approach each day with my list of three to five top priorities. And then those get time blocked with, within my day. Um, <clears throat> and if I don't get through those like five, then that gets moved to the next day. Um, but I used to always be so um, just frustrated and discouraged when I didn't finish my to-do list. So I yeah. switched to here are my top three priorities. And if I get those done, then that's great. Um, and just understanding that like your to-do list will never be done and shifting that like mindset of mm-hmm. you got your top priorities done today, then you're killing it. Like, yeah, totally. And I will take yeah. like at the end of the day, I, before I shut down, I will make sure that my list for the next day is written my list of three to five. So yeah, everything's all fresh in my mind. I know where I'm going to start. And then I'm mm-hmm. not wasting time in the morning, kind of like getting myself started of, oh, what did, where did I leave off yesterday and what should I be doing today? Mm-hmm. So it saves me a lot of time that way too. Yeah. Well, it takes like that kind of like, you know, if you don't write it down or get it over your head, it's just kind of like hanging over your head. And I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm the same way. I'll write everything down, whether it's like, I don't know, two things I need to get done or like 10, just so then I kind of prioritize them later. But as long as they're out of my head and somewhere that I can go look at, it just, it's so helpful. And it helps me yeah. be like more present and just, you know, the overall not feeling like I'm running behind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love that. I love everything you just shared. Um, it's yeah, so important for time blocking. And also, yeah, like you said, remembering our wins. Because um, then we can build on those too. Um, but yeah, we're to your favorites. Um, so what is your favorite book? And it could be any type of book. This is always the hardest question for me because I'm <laughs> such an avid reader. <laughs> it can be um, more than one. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I I always have to shout out um, Abundance Now. Oh, I haven't heard of that one, but I love that word. Um, I'm blanking on the author. Abundance. Lisa, Lisa Nichols. Oh, I um, love her. Yeah. So her book is fantastic. And she, her okay. book was kind of the catalyst for me, like changing my mindset on things, um, starting with business and just pushing forward and really visualizing what I wanted my life to be like and working for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, I could, I could list so many, um, <laughs> Well, I saw her in, have you ever watched the secret movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, I love this lady. She's so awesome. Her vibe, her energy. And I watched like a few kind of like videos of her on, on YouTube, but I didn't realize she had a book. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, It's great. It's a fantastic book. I'm sure. I also yeah. really like, um, if you're someone who like hesitates a lot and you think about like all the things that, all the reasons why you shouldn't do something, um, yeah. big magic is also great. Um, that one kind of really talks about what can happen when you just jump and go for things instead of yeah. hesitating. Um, so big, what magic was the name of it? Big magic, big magic. Okay. And is that by her as well or somebody else? No, that's a different, um, okay. Let's write these down. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, okay. I have heard a baby of that one. But I love, love to talk about books, and I'm pretty sure I have, like, a list of 60 that I have on my to-do list to read. I know. 
there's yeah I love them I used to read read and then now I listen um when I go running and I never thought I would do that because I'm not really like an audio auditory learner but um it's been so easy to be able to go through so many books so quickly um which I really do love I just signed up for I haven't I haven't used it yet so fair <laughs> warning but um lit bids I think it's called but it oh. basically it takes um books and it turns them almost into like a docu-series format so you oh that's good. like for 20 minutes and you get kind of like the author's main point of views of the book and I just thought it was a different like oh, I could have yeah. this online crunching data and maybe pick up some more good tips about life so yeah no that's, I hadn't heard of that that sounds awesome I like that that's I like too that they're going to kind of condense it, you know, because there's just so much you can get. Um, Cool. Okay. What is your favorite drink? Um, I'm actually a sucker for Pepsi. Like I'll take that any day over anything else. (laughs) And I don't drink coffee. So I think like that's how I get my little boost of energy. Yeah, I could see that. I used to be like a Dr. Pepper diehard and that was what I had the morning and afternoon and all that. Yeah. So I get it. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Um, read or spend time outside. Nice. Sure. Except for in the winter. I don't like to spend time outside yeah. in the winter. <laughs> but I'll read. <laughs> I mean, it's really cold there, right? Like, Yeah, we've had a really mild winter, so I think the coldest it's got is single digits. We haven't had any below zero, which is kind of rare. Um, I mean, yeah. last year my kid went to school when it was 30 below, so. Oh, my God. That's and that crazy. was, like, okay for him to go to school and it was that cold, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we don't get that kind of weather here in Oregon, and I'm, like, from Louisiana, so that kind of weather is hard to even fathom. <laughs> I live here, and it's hard for me to fathom, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to watch? Um, I, I love Friends. Such a good classic. It and is. Like, one that I could always go to if I had, like, just a long day. I'll just throw an episode of Friends on. I've also mm-hmm. watched Grey's Anatomy and have stayed up with every season. That's kind of my one show that I've stuck with from day one till, like, whatever, 20 seasons they're on now. So Yeah. I remember watching that in college. And, yeah, I kind of lost track but I still don't even know what's going on. I haven't watched it in years, but I, it seems like it had like almost a resurgence or I don't know, but yeah, I've been meaning to check it out because I loved it back then, but I'm sure it's totally different, but it's very different now. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, and lastly, where's your favorite place to travel to? Um, anything on the water. I, we live on the lake and we're in the town that we live in. Um, so we are, we call ourselves like grats and we're always on the water constantly. Like in the summertime, I awesome. probably cook on the boat on the grill that we have more than in my own kitchen. So when <laughs> we travel, awesome. it's always like, where's another body of water that we can <laughs> go to? Yeah. Oh, that, that whole lake life, lake life vibe is awesome. Yeah. We love it. We wouldn't, um, wouldn't have it any other way. We've talked about, moving south but and we're like i don't know if we'd get on a lake somewhere south where we're fortunate to be where we are here so yeah oh that's awesome 
Well, cool. Well, what's your website, social media, your TikTok, where everybody can find you and connect with you more? Yeah, um, website and social media is pretty simpler. simple, KelseyRParkin.com, and then my handle is at KelseyRParkin on everything. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, so... Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll make sure to put that in the podcast notes. I forgot to ask too, how is that champagne? I've never had that one and I've ordered it a few times, but I really liked the label, which is why I yeah, it. It was is so it pretty. I, I filmed myself <laughs> opening it. I'm like, oh, this is such a perfect bottle to have in a social media post. <laughs> those are the things we think of, right? Like, oh, this is right? going to look good in a social media post. I know. That's fi- like how our brains work now. It's so funny. Awesome. It's good. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's worth buying for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Cause I always want to see which ones I should send to try myself. So glad to know that's a good one. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, I love how you break down the simplicity of data because yeah, like you said, it can be super overwhelming and it's definitely something important that business owners should be looking at, but it's, you know, hard to get started. So I love what you're doing. Um, yeah. And they should totally reach out to you if they want a dashboard because yeah, for sure. Or even yeah. just, um, you know, I, I give tons of tips on how to get started on social media and whatnot, too. Or awesome. um, I know we talked about, um, like, tracking your traffic. And I have a, a freebie on that of, like, how you can get started with that, too. So Awesome. Okay, that's a perfect yeah. place to start. Yeah, awesome. for okay. sure. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad we could get together and chat. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Uh...